We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another Bring the Juice Colts podcast live stream. Guys, today we saw some more waiver wire claims. Some other guys that were on the list of the 53-man roster before and are not on it today. We'll talk about some of the things that happened today. So thank you guys so much for tuning into this live stream with me greatly appreciate it. If you can be sure to hit that like button. If you guys haven't already helps it get out to more and more people and subscribe to the channel. If you guys haven't already just want to say a quick thing before I even get started with this, before we react to this Chris Ballard press conference, just wanted to say that the BTJ pod channel has officially passed last year's view count and we haven't even hit the season yet. We passed last year's view count. We still got four four months left of this season before we even get finished the year. So crazy to think about, guys. I'm so, so glad that we are able to do this. Give me one second, guys. Hold on. Give me a second. Stupid spam calls. I'll tell you what. What up, Marquise? What's up? Um, Let's see. Let's see what we got here. So, guys, we're going to react to this. Uh, I'm going to share my screen with you guys. Let me know if you guys can hear this, all right? want to make sure this works. Make sure that this works and you guys hear it. So, let me know if you guys don't hear this. needs to be louder yeah i kind of figured that was what was going on okay um hold on let me uh let me switch the um let me switch this to my other thing you guys should hear this better hold on flip this okay um flip the settings over 
should go into should go into here. Give me a second. Nope. Okay. Uh, give me one second. Let me pull this up and fix this for you guys. Stop sharing screen for a second. There we go. So that should go into there now. Okay. So let me share my screen again. There we go. All right. So that should work. Here we go. So it should be easier for you guys. Now. Letting go of guys that, you know, been with you. Um, but it's part of what we do. But we, you know, we handle it professionally. And it's never easy. This time of year is never easy. Um, but we feel good about where we're at. Thought we had a great training camp. Um, stay relatively healthy. You know, a couple, you know, losses. But that's part of it. Um, we'd be remiss not to mention. So we got... So Jeff Brown and Joe Fonderoli kind of run training camp for us and just incredible. You know, the setup, the work they put in, all the volunteers that come out of the city um, to help. Um, I thought training camp was outstanding this year. And, and I also want to thank our fans. It had a great turnout. The energy they bring every day. Um, you know, that's what gets you excited. Um, gets your players excited every day. And it's great for them to be able to come out and see our team. So up to you. Let's go. Yeah. So again, he was talking about um, the guys that you have to let go of. Unfortunately, uh, we'll talk. I'm sure he's going to mention that here in this point. Uh, you know, we had talked about Weatherford and a couple other guys that got released over the last two days. So we'll see how that turns out. But um, and then on top of it again, um, you know, he's talking about the training camp and the fans, you know, the Colts had one of the better, um, you know, have one of the better training camp turnouts attendance wise that they've had in like over five years. So, you know, the enthusiasm that this fan base has shown for this team through training camp definitely is much higher than what it has been in recent years. So um, awesome to see, but we'll, we'll see what else he has to say here. What do you got? Fire away. Yeah, we'll make a corresponding move today. I'll go ahead and tell you. He's going to go to IR. Um, we'll see when he gets back. I, I don't know exactly the time frame. I don't think it's the whole year. Um, but he'll go to IR today. So they were talking about Trevor Denbow. Uh, he's going to be placed on IR for the bigger chunk of the year. Um, had something go on with his foot today, which is unfortunate because, you know, he just made the roster but ended up being on IR the next day. So, Really sucks, but you know they'll make a corresponding move to combat that. We saw Leonard out there. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of good stuff. He's ready for Houston. Yeah, we we load him up early. Um, he's got to work. It's like first day of training camp. I really almost, you know, OTA work. So he's got to get the work in. He's been look. He, he's been incredible. Um, in every day at five forty-five meeting with coaches, extra time spent rehabbing, uh, getting his body strong. So now this is the next step. Um, let's start practicing again. Yeah, so anyone that uh, was wondering, yeah, uh, Shaquille Leonard did, in fact, come back to practice today. So he was practicing. He did not do, like, full everything, but he was practicing, was doing some of the drills 
So, you know, at this point, it's just a matter of getting him back into practice and getting the the strength back in his legs and in his whole body, you know. I mean, you take a few months off of doing any kind of physical activity, you know, you kind of have to get some weeks back to kind of get your body back into the shape that it was beforehand, right? So, this is going to take a few weeks potentially for him to be back to where he feels comfortable, but you know, the great thing is is you still got um, 11 days until the regular season starts. So you have almost two weeks to get him back into where he needs to go. But uh, it, it's still really positive news that Shaquille's back. Probably 19. I think it bothered him some at 19 too. Yeah. So he was talking there about... Uh, how long it's been since Shaquille Leonard's been in pain. Um, you know, even saying in the 2019 season, the, the second season that Shaquille Leonard was brought in that, you know, he started feeling pain in that ankle. Right. And I don't know if it was right at the end of the year or not. It might've been right at the end of the year, but Hey, Tyler Robinson. Thank you, man. Hey, do what he says, man. Like the video, everybody. Um, thank you to the 120 people watching. But, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, that's really what it came down to, right? Because, you know, Shaquille Leonard's been dealing with this pain for over two years. Um, it's been over two years. I mean, like, right at the end of 2019, even in the off season of the 2020 season, you know, so, I mean, this has been a issue that has gone on for over two years, almost three. So, you know, the first time that Shaquille Leonard has been not feeling pain in his ankle since his the end of his second year in the league. So, I mean, that's, that's incredible that he's been playing it the way that he has it with that hurt for so long. And, um, it's great to know that, you know, Shaquille's going to go be back out there without that lingering pain in his ankle, uh, hurting him throughout the season. Right. I mean, that's going to be a great thing to hear. I think so. I mean, I hope you hope so, but you know, proofs with whether you know going forward, but we feel good about where he's at and where he's going. It's probably the first time since January. You don't really have a in your in your mind, do you kind of think where he may be ready to come back, or is it just up to him? No, it's up to well. Look, if I leave it up to him, so we <laughs> we'll work together with our training staff and doctors, and 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 we'll all make a decision on when we think the best time based on how practice is going. Yeah, I mean, if we let Shaquille Leonard be the one to decide that, right? I mean, he's probably going to want to be back tomorrow, right? So, yeah, you just got to be just got to be careful. DJ, I'm cool. What up, man? Yep. Yep. But we feel good about their talent. Um, we think Will Fries, you know, took some good steps. Um, we feel good about, you know, Wesley French was a good find by our scouts. Scouts did a really good job. He gives you guard center flexibility that we like. We like the progress that Bernard's making. Um, we thought he really came on, you know, he gave up, you know, the one sack this last week, but the rest of the game was really good. So now we feel good about, 
um, you know, where we're at in the depth. They're young, but that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Talking about that offensive line depth, you know, I mean, the Colts really only have like, you know, they have nine guys at this moment, but at the same time, you know, how many of them have any starting experience, right? I mean, Will Fries is the only guy on the backups right now that don't that has some kind of NFL experience and he's only a second year player uh Wesley French undrafted free agent uh Bernard Ryman it was a, a draft pick uh uh Luke that they just picked up today the tackle um he was a draft pick this year so at the end of the day you know there's not a lot of flexibility NFL experience wise in this group right now I mean Ballard seems to think that that's not too much of a concern because he feels that this team is still going to be able to, um, it, it's still going to be okay. Cause you feel like confidence wise, what Alexa stop. <laughs> My Alexa decided to just start talking to me all of a sudden. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so we'll see how this this line forms out at the end of the year, but we'll see what happens. What's that? What about defensive tackle? Well, when you have Buckner and you have Grover, which I would put up there at the is about as good as it gets. Okay, at least it's up there in the upper echelon of the league, um, and you know, keeping Coward and you know. We got the young kid behind, you know, at the three and can play the nose. And then plus, when you we took we kept six defensive ends with Dio, with Lewis that have a lot of rock, you know, flexibility to go inside and outside. Um, and then plus what we've got on the practice squad. So we feel good. It'll be a position that we're, I mean, you know, on the D-line, we're always going to continue to look. Um, but we feel good about where we're at. Um, and we feel good about the flexibility that the defensive ends give us. Um, and it's hard. You know, it's funny. Last year we'd have these discussions because you don't want to take Buck off the field, but he needs to come off the field. You know, we need to make sure we're gets a long season. We need to make sure we're able to get a rotation in there. Um, so I think we'll be able to do that with what we have. Yeah, talking about the defensive linemen. You know, we all have been saying that. You know, this defensive line group, specifically in the middle on the back end of it, um, is very very thin and they weren't impressive at all. When you looked at the uh, preseason games, you know, outside of Grover and DeForest Buckner, you know, those guys are elite. They're good at what they do, but you know, they have to come off the field at some point. And you know, how do you uh, find some way to make sure that you can replace those guys in moments of notice, but at the same time, be able to, bring somebody in that's going to perform, right? Because we saw how bad they were in the preseason, the backups, you know, what's going to change. And, you know, we talked about Taylor Stallworth potentially getting a call back from Indy. Um, you know, obviously Curtis Brooks is off. So right now the backups that you have in the defensive line group for the D tackles is Eric Johnson and Byron Cowart. But, at the end of the day, like he said, Dio Dangbo and Taekwon Lewis, they have that position flexibility to maybe come in in certain pass down situations that you feel comfortable putting them in the middle 
Um, Dio specifically because of his size, you know, he's definitely a guy that you could see doing that. And, um, and, and when it comes to Jason Ellis, I'm a 49ers fan, got put on this channel last year and just want to say, I love your content takes Jason. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And when you're talking about Taekwon Lewis, I mean, Taekwon Lewis, who may not be the same big guy, but he has that flexibility to be a guy that can rush the passer, right? So you want to try to get the best guys on the field in those moments and notice. So, you know, if the Forrest Buckner and Grover Stewart come off, then, you know, having somebody like a Dio Dangbo step in for a player two to get DeForest Buckner a chance to relax. Uh, and when Yannick and Quiddy need to come off the field every once in a while, you know, having Tyquan Lewis or Ben Banigou or even a Dio Dangbo coming in and doing that responsibility, you know, makes a lot of sense at the end of the day, but we're just going to have to see just how it works. And Adam, no, nobody signed Stallworth. Uh, Stallworth is currently on the, um, the, uh, currently on the practice squad for the chiefs, but he might be getting a call at some point very shortly. Um, we like Dennis. That's what I'll say. We like Dennis. I think that one will play out. But we like Dennis. Coach, we've asked you a lot about your wide receivers this offseason. So where do you think that room is after training camp and preseason? And is go back to the well a lot, but is, is T.Y., is that still an option for you guys? Um, well, let's talk about the group. We kept six. Um, and we like them. We like, I mean, you know, Pittman's Pittman. Um, we thought... Pierce did some really good things, um, and he's going to have to grow up in a hurry, but we think he will. He's mature, he's smart, and he's very talented. Um, we thought Paris had a had a really good camp also, and so did Ashton Doolin. So we feel really good about him. You know, Patman came on there at the end, and then we like Strawn's talent. You know, coming off the knee, only having, you know, a few days of real work. You know, when you're getting into that, you know, when he came back and then – you get three or four days work, then you start really cranking it up and playing. Um, you know, that's tough. But we like we like Mike's talent. Um, so we feel good about the group. And as for T.Y., I mean, I think – look, do I think T.Y. can still play? Absolutely, I do. Um, I'm never going to shut the door on it. You know, but right now, I like our group. And we like our group. That's been the same answer, like – off season. I don't know why it would have changed now. I mean, you know, you could say what you want about this group right now, but it's obvious that Ballard likes the group and that everybody else likes the group. So at the end of the day, it's probably just going to be what happens. You know, I doubt that there's anything that's going to happen with T.Y. Hilton at this point or any other receiver for that matter, but maybe something changes midway through the season. With it's never ideal to keep three quarterbacks, but was it easier because of what Sam did? Was it just he deserved a spot? I don't care if there's three. Yeah. I mean, he's a good player. Played his way on. He's a good player. Played good. Um, we had a feeling he would, you know, because he worked so hard at it and he's so diligent um, in his process of how he prepares. And then he takes feedback really well. You know, when we talked after the season – you know, about things he needed to get better at. Now he's, he, you tell him and he goes and works at it. You know, we uh, TJ at this point, like it depends on who it is. It's not just about getting a veteran at this point. It's a matter of who fits the scheme the best. And some of those guys may just not be able to have happen. So 
think Sam's got a really bright future. And that was after Sam, you know, getting the uh, the job with um, for the third quarterback spot. You know, at the end of the day, it, it, it's say what you want about it having an extra spot, but Sam Ellinger deserved the spot on this roster. And, you know, who knows? Maybe, you know, some people are turned on to the idea that Ellinger may end up being the QB prodigy for this team. I don't know if I'm ready to go at that stage yet, but I think that he does say here in a minute that, you know, that that this could be an option for the future. You know, it just depends. Betsy, appreciate that. Thank you very much. Roucher spots are so precious. Carrying him three, did you, are you just convinced that Waving practice squad, he's gone. Oh, I have no question. Yeah. I think you're in the spot. You know, you're in the spot. Chris, where do you, either side of the ball, where have been the hardest cuts for you? Oh, they're all freaking hard. You know, you obsess over it. You know, they're all hard. Um, you know, we lost Sterling. Justin, thank you. Um, appreciate that. But Quiddy Pay did practice today in limited capacity. Sterling to, um, that was a hard one, losing Sterling, because we like Sterling. Um, you know, in Chicago claims, that was hard. Um, but we had a chance to acquire, you know, Grant, who we think as a special teams player is really special. Um, you know, and we lost some guys, so we were kind of been looking for that guy that could come in and fill that role, you know, kind of like Glasgow did, uh, Matt Adams, guys that could, and he, this kid we think is pretty special on teams. Those were, those were, you know, those were hard. That was a hard cut. Yeah. He was talking about Weatherford there. Um, you know, I think most of the fan base was understanding that, you know, this kind of sucks that, you know, Weatherford played his freaking butt off and, you know, still couldn't make this roster, um, saying that was a tough one to get. And even then, I mean, you know, saw it right away. Weatherford got picked up almost right away by the Chicago bears. Right. So, course Eberflus taking another Colts player and taking him because they know that uh he was going to be the one to end up you know being really good right and you know Weatherford could play special teams but at the end of the day you know you're trying to find those aces right you gotta um you gotta find the aces in a thing like that and in order to do that you know you need to um you need to find guys that specifically are really good at special teams. And, you know, guys like Matt Adams and Glasgow, like he just mentioned, you know, those guys took a roster spot, but they never played on the field for that amount of time, you know, but at the end of the day, special teams, special teams, you need those great guys. So if he's as good as they say he is, then I understand the move. I don't like it in some <laughs> aspect, but, you know, you got to understand it. No, he's our guy. The decision on on uh, the running back, Lindsay, was that special teams related? That he doesn't play special teams. Um, I mean, look, Phillips great, and I'm not ruling out ever bringing him back again. Um, but you know, Dion, he did some good things too, and he is the special teams gave him the nod, you know, without question, um, and that's important. But you know, we're not against. Uh, bringing him back, but we like we like Dion. Um, I think he's explosive. He took another step, especially on special teams. Um, yeah, that. Uh, Phillips a good player. 
Um, but the special teams part of it tilted it more towards Dion. Yeah, the special teams absolutely was the reason that Dion's on this roster versus Phillip. Uh, you know, you just hope that nobody gets injured in that room because at the end of the day, Dion's going to end up being the number two running back when you, if somebody were to get hurt. And, you know, the Colts kept Tyson Williams, I think specifically for that reason, uh, that if something were to happen to Hines or Taylor that you felt confident you could have at least one of those guys come in and do something for you. But we'll see what happens, you know. Chris, I know um, you haven't gone into detail on, on quitting in that contract, but um, you know, we're a week and a half out from the start of the season. If you don't get that done, can those conversations continue into the season? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I, I know that, all right, I'm trying to ask this very vaguely, but um, <laughs> <laughs> there is there is this like, thought about uh, positional value and that sort of thing. I don't care, but I'm just throwing this out there. Yep. Um, you know, he plays guard. It's, it's not a position that's going to be the highest paid in the league. Um, how much does that stuff matter? Just taking Quentin out of it, just, just generally. How much does that stuff matter, or can a player transcend that? player can transcend it. I mean, Chiefs didn't have a problem paying that guard from New England big money. In retrospect, yeah, Joe Thune did get a five-year contract worth $80 million. Uh, so, you know, if Joe Thune was getting $80 million from somebody, Quentin Nelson is easily better than Joe Thune. So, you know, $100 million doesn't seem completely out of the question for Quentin Nelson. What's the difference? <laughs> you, pay your, you pay your best players. Okay, and he's special. He's special to us. So hopefully we get things worked out. We'll see. What about this roster, if anything, gives you – a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of pause. There's always got to be something that worries you a little bit. No, I mean, look, you always, you know me. I mean, we're we obsess with depth, um, which we think we have good depth. But look, until we start really cranking it up, getting into the season and playing, you don't know. So we'll continue to search and look. Like the, I think the one over th over the one thing that people overlook is the practice squad and how important it is. You know, that's 16 extra players that you get and they're important and they're playing for you like to sit here and act like those guys aren't playing that's not really they're playing at some point during the season they're coming up and they're playing so making sure we got the right guys on the practice squad that we have a good really 70 man roster because of uh you know we get the international exemption this year um, making sure we have the best 70 guys and, and the best 16 guys um, on the practice squad, that's something that it's extremely important. And I, you know, it's even more emphasized through COVID, you know, with everything we went on through COVID, but that's where you go. You know, you're working with these guys, you're training them. That's where you go. You go to the practice squad to fill the, fill the need if, if possible. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, you make up the good point. I mean, at the end of the day, it's how important is that position is that player to your team, right? Like at the end of the day, like a, a good guard on most teams is not very good, right? Like, I mean, it, it doesn't do anything for you at the end of the day. Like even some of the best guards in the NFL, you know, some of which don't really matter too much to teams. Cause you're right. At, in general retrospect, the tackle is the most important position on the offensive line because that's the outside edges. That's where the best guys play. 
And that's where you got to protect your quarterback the most because you're on an island by yourself half the time. But, I mean, ask the Cowboys how they feel about Zach Martin. I mean, ask the Chiefs what they think about Joe Thune, right? Like, those guys, they get paid big bucks because they transcend their, their offensive line. And Quentin Nelson does the exact same thing for Indianapolis. It's not about the position. It's about what does that player specifically what does that player specifically mean to your team? And Quentin Nelson, the moment he got here to Indianapolis, the offensive line for Indianapolis has become one of the best, if not the best, at certain points since he's gotten here. And he has continued to be the best player on the offensive line, one of the best players on our team, one the, be, the second best offensive lineman in the NFL has been named four-time All-Pro, three-time first-team All-Pro. Like, he it, he is a guy that has con- continued to be a top 30 player in this league, recognized by everyone else. So, of course, that's how it's going to work. That's how it's going to work. I don't care if it's the guard. At the end of the... How did the team go from the second-worst offensive line the year before Quentin got drafted to the third best of the year he got drafted. How's, how did that happen? Ryan Kelly was still there the year prior. Anthony Costanza was still there the year prior. Braden Smith was the only one that got added. And Braden Smith is not as good of a player from his rookie year as to what he is now. I mean, he he's much better now than what he was his first year in the league. How did it get better? Because Quentin Nelson dominated. Quentin Nelson dominated. And that was, it changed the dynamic of the offensive line. And it changed the dynamic of how the Colts ran their offense. So when you get a guy that transcends your team and does what he does, that guy's going to get paid. He's going to get paid the big bucks. Regardless of whether you like it or not, he's going to get paid the big bucks by somebody. And you sure as hell do not want to be the team that doesn't pay him and then he goes somewhere else and then he has to block against your O-line. Because... Any almost any other team in the NFL, a championship contender will go and pay a hundred million dollars for Quentin Nelson because you know damn well he is going to get that money because he's the the best in the league at what he does. What's going on, everyone? Just wanted to take a quick moment to talk with you about Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign up codes and promotions from sport books to get the best deal possible. Odds Trader allows you to make bets on almost every major sport. Some of the cool features that I enjoy about Odds Trader is the handicapping options they provide. You get live play-by-play updates. You get live scores and bet tracking on everything that you're doing on the app. Player statistics, key game statistics. You even get projected game day weather reports as well. And another great thing about Odds Trader is you get Bet Tracker, which allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activities while you're on the site. I mean, how cool is that? If this is something that sounds like it intrigues you, make sure to go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Um, no, you get three. So each player gets three this year. So you can get three calls. Oh yeah. And speaking of, uh, just now that the Colts have re-signed veteran tackle Dennis Kelly to the active roster, 
released was released Tuesday, uh, was procedural stuff, but, um, yeah, so he is back and he is on the roster, uh, once again. So good, uh, good news there. All ups. So on game day, you can call up how many players? Um, I think it depends, but I don't think there's a limit. You know, you just got to have the inactives balanced out. Chris, last year you guys had a ton of veteran experience, backup offensive linemen. Um, this year you don't. Is that concerning at all or good with the young guys? Go with the young guys. Yeah, go with the young guys. Um, I mean, it, they don't become veterans unless they play. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they got to play to become vets. So we go with the young guys. Everybody's been singing that Ryan's praises since the start of camp. Where have you seen up close? Yeah, no different. I mean, look, y'all been with, y'all been around him. You can feel it. It's not, he's got an urgency and he's got an expectation not only not only from himself, but from others, you know, but it's hard to, it's hard to demand much of others if you're not putting it out there yourself in which he does. So yeah, just, you know, really a special, special leader and special guy. I'm fortunate to have him. Chris, just go back to Shaquille for a second. I know you said today's step one, but is it out of the question? He plays in 11 days or whatever. You're new, aren't you? I am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm. The, you're not going to pigeon me hole and me into saying that he'll be back when he's back. You'll know. Like you'll know. He'll be on the active. <laughs> he, all of a sudden, you'll see, and he won't be inactive on the game day. You'll know. Uh, two more. What are his final steps, Shaq? Like, what else does he need? Not to today's day one practice. What does he need to do? He's got to get his body ready to play. Yeah, he's got to get his body ready to play. That's not a. I mean, like, you can't miss all that time and just. Let's go to, let's go to being game ready. I mean, got to practice. We got to get some work in. So that's what it'll do. I can't give you a timeline. Maybe week one. Maybe week six. We'll work. And well, certainly hope it's not week six. But at the end of the day, whatever. And we'll deal with whatever we got to deal with. Um, I won't rehash you know, the season opener question and all that. Um, there's been a streak that you already know about. But just what is there a mental? Um, Hey guys, don't respond to David. Just, just ignore. Him. Just, just ignore him. I don't know. They all count. You know, they all count. Because of that, I just um, missed this. I need to. Let's go this. to. Let's go to being game ready. I mean, got to practice. We got to get some work in. So that's what it'll do. I can't give you a timeline. Maybe week one. Maybe week six. We'll work and we'll deal with whatever we got to deal with. And my my take on Shaquille Leonard is honestly, I wouldn't even um, I wouldn't even play him week one. I would honestly play him week two, because here's my take. The Colts can't rush him, can't bring him in there. You obviously don't want to rush him because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you don't want to get him hurt. You don't want him to go out there and not be, you know, the player that we know as Shaquille Leonard, right? We don't want to, we want to see the maniac. Um, but at the end of the day, 
you know, you can't bring him out there week three and expect him to be a hundred percent because at the end of the day, you also need to get the, you also need to get the reps. So my understanding is, is that if you don't want to play him week one, because you feel confident in what this team can do without him, then I'm cool with him not playing week one. And then, um, and then not, and then playing week two, like give him an extra week to kind of get that strength back because you need those reps against Jacksonville. And then when he goes in week three, when the game really matters, because you know, you're going to be going in and you're playing against the Kansas city freaking chiefs, right? You're going to be playing against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and all those boys, right? Like that is what you need to, um, that's what you need from him is to get those reps, those live reps before that. So that way he's ready when the game time really comes around. So, um, and especially since game two, it's against Jacksonville in Jacksonville. Like, I mean, this guy says here, it's a, it's a revenge game. It's a revenge game. You know, you, you need to, you need to win these divisional games uh, against the Texans against Jacksonville. You know, you need to win those games because you know how the Col because the majority of your divisional games are going to be in the early part of the year. So you need your guys in tip top shape for those in order to be able to make things work. I don't know. They all count. You know, they all count. Um, I mean, of course, you want to come out kicking ass right away and start out, you know, one and zero. But you you prepare, get ready to play, and you line up. And when the season starts, you roll. And you know, win or lose the first game, you got to get the game two also. So I just think when you like, if you overblow it. All of a sudden, ah, oh, freak, we lost. Season's over. Well, no, it's not. We've been one in five and one in four here, and both times bounced back and gave ourselves a real opportunity. So you got to play the you got to play the season out. Like we want to, we almost dropped the S word in there. I, I know he almost did. <laughs> want to, you know, predict the outcomes. Let it play out. I know y'all got to write about stuff. I get it. Y'all got to have stories, and I get that part of it, but. Like, let's let the, let's let the season. Yeah, John, I, I, I totally agree. They used to be that way. I don't know why. Play out. One through 17. All right. Awesome. Thank y'all. All right. Well, that one was it there, guys. That was the uh, live reaction or the uh, post reaction to the press conference that Chris Ballard had just a little over uh, just a couple hours ago. Just wanted to be able to, you know, react to that and show you guys what he was saying and things of that nature. But let me know what you guys think of uh, what Ballard had said in this. And, you know, at the end of the video, be sure to let me know. But thank you guys again so much for tuning in. Thank you to the 250 people who are in here watching with me. Greatly appreciate all of you. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.